So hi everyone, how are you? Hey. Good, good to meet you all. If I speak too fast or I say things that, that don't make sense or I pronounce things incorrectly, <laughs> then please just put your hand up and say, can you say that again please? Like just, just stop me. It's all good. There's no problem with that. Um, I come from a church that has many international speakers come through and some things just do not translate well. <laughs> and um, so please just stop me for clarification on anything or to repeat something. Even if you heard it, but you just, you heard it here, but your soul didn't want to hear it. Or, you know, just, just, can I, just, can I hear that again? Like, no problem. All, all we're going to do is, is connect with what God wants to do. I don't want to even want to preach a sermon. All, all we want to do is connect with God and what His heart is for this moment. So... I'm rapt to be here. It's good to meet you. Who has heard uh, my or someone's Three Realms teaching? Okay. So, okay, so most, not all, so just kind of get a context. Who here has listened to Rob Rufus or Joseph Prince? Okay, just, just getting a context, that's all, what I'm speaking, what we're speaking to, what we know. Okay, that's great. That's what I wanted to know. Um... One of my favourite preachers is just over in Texas, that's where he lives. His name is Curry Blake. And he has taken over the ministry of John G. Lake. You know who John G. Lake was? He was the guy that they'd put bubonic plague on his hand and it would, under a microscope and it would just destroy on his hand. Because the power of life was greater than the power of death. And, and he was the first person ever to be able to teach other people what he did. Every other healer in history was just them, and then they died, and oh well, the anointed man's gone. But he taught other people to do the exact same thing he did. And Curry Blake has taken over his ministry. He teaches you to do what he does. Okay, he's, it, it's an amazing thing. And you haven't heard of him because he doesn't promote himself at all. He's just like under the radar type of guy. But he's always busy, <laughs> so he doesn't need to be promoted. Yep. Are you saying Curry Blake? Cur- is in, in Indian okay, so Curry. He's, he's yep. been here oh. Has he? Yeah. Okay, yep. So that's, that's the guy. And he has a 19-hour teaching on healing. Everything he knows on healing. But he says, I'm teaching you for 19 hours. Or you could believe that if you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. <laughs> if you believe that, you don't need this teaching. But because we've heard so much stuff, about qualifying for healing, the things that prevent healing, this sin, you haven't confessed, unforgiveness, generational curses, watching evil things as a kid. You know, we've heard, he goes through and after 19 hours just unpacks other people's teachings. That's what he does. Takes that teaching away, that teaching away, that teaching away for 19 hours. Or you could just believe that you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. And there's a song here that, you know, your love never fails, never gives up, it never runs out on me. We could believe that, <laughs> or, but because we don't, because of experiences and conclusions, and we've got all these things locked up, and all we're doing is unlocking those things to find out what we already have, what we already are. That's what we're doing. We already have everything, we just don't believe it. That's all. 
And it's just a process of believing. And the great thing about believing is believing or faith comes from hearing. Because every person of any generation, of any education level, at any time in history, can hear. In, in, you know. So it's, it's actually really easy. <laughs> he wants you to have it. It's really, really easy. And this battle, you know, your whole life to get to some place of righteousness, it's just false. Righteousness is a gift. It's the man, Jesus Christ. He is your righteousness. He lives inside you. You don't have righteousness, you have Christ. And Christ is your righteousness. He is your peace. He is your salvation. He is everything. Okay? And He lives inside you. You're one with Him. You already have it. Anything you lack, you think you lack, you're saying, Jesus doesn't have that. <laughs> Anything you think that the gap between you and God, that disappointment level between you and God, that disapproval level, what you're actually saying is, God's that disappointed with Jesus as well. When you see it's that ridiculous, you just got to let it go. <laughs> and just surrender to goodness. Lots of Jesus' parables were just, you cannot work it out by justice, you have to surrender to goodness. Like, some people work half hour in the field, some people work nine hours in the field. The people who worked half hour in the field were given like a month's wages. The people who worked nine hours in the field were given the same wage, a month's wages. It's not fair, but it's generous. And Jesus is saying, yeah, can't God be good to everyone? That's his money. You can't work it out in your head. You just have to surrender to that problem. You just have to surrender to the fact, he's that good to me too. Don't look at your nine hours or your five hours or your half hour. Look to the God who's just generous to all. You just, you just have to surrender to break. There's an um, English preacher, I can't remember his name, but he just, he just yelled in the microphone, he yelled, Break! Break! Break, man! Break! Like, just go break under the goodness. He just tell you how good God is and just yell at you to break. You, gotta break. you can only surrender. You fall on the rock, will be broken. The rock falls in you and crush you. So it's better to fall on the rock and be broken. Because otherwise it comes around. And my story is the rock fell on me. I, I got crushed because I just didn't. But praise God. <laughs> but that's, the, that's, not the old, that's not the best way. <laughs> the best way is to break yourself and just receive it. It's better to believe. Or God's so committed to you that everything you're saying will come around, you'll reap it, and you'll go, wow, that's wrong. And then you'll change. <laughs> so it's better just to hear it and believe. And then you see, oh, if I believe it like a child... Like Jesus said, like I tell children to do, <laughs> then I'd be better. Like, you can only receive it as a child. And whatever you tell a child, they believe. Child, there's a monster in the closet, they're going to believe that. Child, we're going to Disneyland tomorrow, that's their worldview. Child, we're going to Australia tomorrow, they don't think, oh, that's not true, you've got to get visas and waivers and get book tickets, they don't think those things. You're just going to... Australia tomorrow, that's their complete what they accepted. And that's how we're to be. Just read it. Okay, that's true. I lay my hands on the sick, they shall recover. But we've got so many conclusions and arguments and what ifs taught by the church or taught by lots of things and something happens and they'll say, that happened because of this, this, this. You know, and, and then that locks it in and puts a cap on it and none of it's true. Because what we've done is we've seen the scriptures that, you know, 
you can do the same miracles of Jesus and greater. And, but we're right back here somewhere. We invent a theology to explain the difference. We invent them. Ah, yes. You're not qualified because of A. You're not qualified because of B. You're not qualified because of C. You just don't believe enough. You just haven't meditated in the scriptures. You need to memorize scriptures. You need to go back and clean up your DNA through history or generational curses or we need to do some spiritual mapping of the area. You know, Vulcan's over us. you got to look out. He's going to take you down. That's why there's no miracles here. Every country town, every town has their story. Oh, welcome here, Pastor. Let me tell you, the Freemasonry in this area is huge. Someone else, we are the home of witchcraft in America. Everyone's got the reasons why Christ doesn't work. Everyone's got their reasons, you know. Oh, the... The Aboriginal curses in this area. Oh, we're convict nation. Oh, the shame. Oh, we rebelled from England. Now we're a rebellious nation of our own flesh and we can't receive Christ. There's all these reasons, that rationale reasons, and you can make great arguments around it and present it and this and draw trees and diagrams and, and this is the way through. Or you can accept the finished work of Christ. Nothing stacks up. Paul went to Ephesus, which had one of the biggest temples, biggest buildings ever built in the world. This actually was, like, for its time, was genius. Mathematical genius, construction genius. It was called Diana. And they used to slaughter things and kill things and blood sacrifices and, and like, sex sacrifices. And, and just, and like, he didn't do any spiritual mapping. <laughs> he didn't go in there and, you know, just hang on, let's go for the history here and let's repent for the land. Just went in and with Christ. Christ didn't do spiritual mapping. He walked in, you know, ah, oh, your, your kid's got 10,000 demons. Okay, so, you know, what did you do? <laughs> Why, like, you know, what's your performance? What have you done? So your child's got 10,000 demons. Just took it out. He didn't, he didn't ask how, he didn't ask what. It doesn't care. The kingdom just overrides it. My friend had a vision of a nuclear blast going off. We've all seen pictures which just and through it comes and everything just gets torn up that's the kingdom it doesn't matter what's there it doesn't matter how it got there it doesn't matter if it's national heritage or three years old it doesn't matter if it's brick or it just through it comes that's Jesus you don't even have to we're going to blow this place up mm, let's investigate how old's this tree how no just a nuclear bomb takes it all out that's that's even a, a tiny touch the ratio that Jesus works at just that's just a, myth, a weak metaphor for how far above. So how you see those results? You have to just start believing that because everything's by believing. So everything's a gift. God just wants to be believed. That's all He wants. Just, oh, my children just believe me. There's nothing worse when your kids don't believe you. Like, you've got children, they just, they start questioning and they don't believe you and, you know, and that, wow, that'd be really insulting. <laughs> like, you know, after you've done nothing wrong and you've had that in your life, you've done nothing wrong and people question your character. You've done the right thing and people attribute wrong motives to you. And that's really insulting. That's what we do to God. <laughs> and the reason we hate it is because God hates it, you know? And that's, that gets inside you. Um, all we need to know is that when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he went down, into the, he descended, he died, and he rose up again. What you need to know 
is that he was a fully human. He didn't just carry his humanness, he carried all our humanness. All our, everything that is human, everything that's the fall, he walked around with it his whole life. And when he died, he took it all down with him. So in, in it being humanity and our fallen nature, that all went and rose up, he rose up without it. And what you need to know that Romans 6 and many places in Scripture says that when he died, you died with him. When you rose up, you rose up as him. And that is the plumb line for every situation. If you just surrender to the fact that you died and everything which is you, everything which is your disqualification, everything which is your disappointment, everything which is your... anything, anything that... It wasn't Adam, you know, Adam before the fall and Adam after the fall. You've got to be at least Adam before the fall. That's the minimum standard we're working here. So anything that came from the fall, miscommunication, disappointment, sickness, fatigue, uh, depression, poverty, anything that came after the fall, that came part of humanity, went down into the grave and stayed there. And Jesus rose up without it. And the same thing happened to you. You went down with him and rose up as him. Yeah? He is the fullness of the image. Of, we were made in the image, and he was the very image of God. And now you're one with him. If you just surrender that fact, and that becomes your reality, that's the amazing miracle. It says, this is the secret held uh, for ages past and now revealed Christ in you. The assurance, what says hope means the assurance of glory. Christ is in you. It says, if the devil, if his enemies knew that this was what was going to happen, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. It's not that your sins are forgiven. That is not, that's not the big thing of the gospel. Because you know what? The devil's seen that before. He's seen people with no sin. Doesn't bother him. He saw Adam and Eve, no sin. <laughs> Done this before. Doesn't bother him. No sin? That's not the big issue there. Because he's seen no sin, he can soon fix that. You imagine like you're a Catholic, you go to confession, get all your sins out the door, all your sins cleared up. You walk out the door, <laughs> the devil's going to get you. It's like, you know, think of the sin, there's no problem. Sinlessness is, wasn't his issue. He didn't care about sinlessness. The devil's seen sinlessness. It doesn't impress him at all. It's just, just going to take you out. If you think sinlessness is your goal, then, and then staying sinless, you just... The wrong book, wrong page, wrong religion, wrong everything. If you knew that you were going to become Christ, Christ in you, but any man being Christ, he is one spirit with the Lord. If you knew that you were going to become one spirit, if you knew if you struck down Jesus, he's going to make 10,000 Jesuses. You know, like Star Wars. If he, knew, if he knew that was going to happen, he would have never crucified Christ. You know, Jesus walked through, and they said, Oh, what are you doing here, Son of God? Are you here to torture us before our time? You know, all the demons cried out that. That's you. You walk in it by believing. And that's the only currency in Scripture. Faith is the only currency. I don't want to use the term faith because faith has been damaged, especially in America. Faith is a work. And as soon as you hear faith, you go, Oh, I need to have faith for that. Oh, whatever this intangible thing faith is, and you need to like. Oh, faith, I've tried that before. It didn't work. But faith is just believing. So 
So we just use, use the word believing. And believing is powerful. All you need to do is believe. <laughs> That's all. Just believe. Jesus said, just believe. That's it, just believe. The disciples in, in John 6, the disciples have just seen Jesus um, uh, feed 5,000 and, and do all this crazy good gear. And they're like, wow, this dude is the real deal. We're in. We want in with this dude. And they ask an excellent question, which is the question that we all ask. They say, Jesus, what do we have to do to do the works that God requires of us? And isn't that what every church is doing? Hey, this is the work God requires of you, because everyone's asking it. They're asking that question every week. Everyone goes, what do I have? Because everyone knows I'm not seeing right with God. And everyone knows, they know, you know what you've done that week. You know, you know, you know. So you go there, and, and then you, pass, you say, Pastor, what do I have to do to do the work that God requires of me? So I get all these blessings in Scripture, so I can perform miracles. And he'll, he'll tell you. There's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this. But they ask Jesus that. You know, sometimes I ask Jesus questions and he gives them a different answer, or he answers a different question, or he actually throws a question back at them. He, doesn't do, he answers their question directly this time, because it's a very good question. So it's an excellent question. He says, the work that God requires of you is this, to believe in the one whom he sent. If you believe in the one whom he sent... You've done the work God requires. I just felt that I had a hard time because sometimes in, um, I don't know if it's all of America because I became a Christian in the South, but um, sometimes in the South, believing can have a little bit of the same connotation as faith. Okay. If you if you have enough faith, then fill in the blank. And if you believe enough, then fill in the blank. Yes, okay. And there's a one thing that I actually heard you say before that was the only thing that really gave me rest was that um, this when you said, well, ask God about faith, if all of this depends on faith, then where do I get faith? And that's where you said faith comes from hearing. Um, but you also said what God said that don't worry about that, you have the faith of God and all you need is desire. And that is what gave me the rest. So what's the difference between the believing and the desire? Okay, yeah. So we are, you know, uh, that's a great question. You're Amazing Grace. You know, I was a wretch, but now that's, that's true. You were the enemy of God, already condemned before you were born. You were born into Adam's sin. You worry about our sins? Don't worry about your sins. Adam's sin is what takes you to hell. You know, that's, that's what's being saved, we're being saved from. Not this, anything we do is just like this icing on a big, Terrible cake. You know? <laughs> it's just like, and it just took the whole cake, you can't ice it now. You can't even ice it. The cake's gone. The, the bad sin cake's gone. You've got nothing to ice with your bad sins. Probably a bad metaphor. I should have used, tried something different. It's okay. Um, but you were completely saved. There is nothing you could have done. Everything comes from God. If you desire Him, it's because none comes to the Son unless the Father draws Him. If you want to do what he wants to do, it's because he has caused you to will and to act according to his good purpose. If you've sustained in Christianity, it's because he is faithful to keep you to the end. Salvation is his idea. You are completely saved. You are completely passive. And that's the insulting thing to humans. You just have to be loved. 
and his faithfulness. This is his idea, and this is his rules. Just accept that you are completely loved. It's a complete surrender. So faith, the faith you have for anything is a gift from God. He says, He has given us the measure of faith. The measure. Whatever you you have it. (laughs) And in the more correct translation, Galatians 2.20, it says, It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in this body, I live by the faith of God. It's not even your faith. It's His faith. He gave you His faith. He believes Himself. When God said, let there be light, He wasn't like, ooh, I hope this works. I'm going to look stupid if this doesn't work. He believed it. When Jesus said, sickness out, he, He believed it. That's the faith you've been given. It's an absolute gift. Even worship. I need to check this verse. I'm going to say something, but I can't picture the verse. I'd like to really picture it. But even where it says, offer a sacrifice of praise. It doesn't actually say that. I'll have to go check this now. Please be right. It says, through him, offer a sacrifice of praise. You can't even give, you can't even sacrifice anything. There's nothing that the fallen world has that he wants. He owns a cow on a thousand hills. If he's hungry, what do you tell you? You've got nothing that he wants. All he wants is Christ. Christ impresses him. He's given you Christ. So you give Christ back to him. Mm-hmm. Worship comes from the throne. The river comes out. You get it. And you send it back. He has done everything. He's paid for it all. He wants you to throw him a party and he's paid for it. Mm-hmm. And you use what I've given you. Because everything else is done. He doesn't want it. He doesn't be giving him manure. Here, have some manure. Here, have some manure. Here, have some. He doesn't want it. I understand that perfectly. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Well, and it's, it's, it's desire. Whatever you desire, you have. Because he wants, he's your father. He it's wants to give that, that to you. It, that it all, no matter what it is, that the desire comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He causes you to want to act. So the very fact you desire it is actually good from him too. And there's things you don't desire, think, God, I actually don't want to do that, although I see it in Scripture. You say, okay, so um, I'm not willing, but willing to be made willing. You know, I don't have the faith. So, you know, God says, I don't believe, help me to believe. Perfect prayer. <laughs> so Jesus said, yeah, Jesus did. Everything comes from Him. There's nothing we have that we can offer Him. When David, King David, put aside the equivalent of billions of dollars for that temple, it would have been the most magnificent thing, but nothing to compare it to now. Billions of dollars for that temple. He said, I've given you all this money, but everything you've given me actually came from you. He said, the money handing back to you what came from your hand. Because he was a shepherd boy. How does he have billions of dollars being a shepherd boy? He knew. And that's what we have to work out or surrender to. What we have is so great. What we do is make God less holy and us less dirty and we sort of meet in the middle that's what we're trying to do here and then we can bridge that gap by a certain amount level performance you're right back here and God's right over there and if you were if you kept the law you perfectly perfectly kept the law like Paul kept the law said I kept the law you'd probably be from here to here so you're done you think if you read the Bible you're doing this reading the Bible reading the Bible reading the Bible oh you know watched something What's up? Oh, read the Bible. Read the, you just, you know, that, that's, that's what you think. But he came to us, took what was us wrong, everything that disqualified us, stuck it in the ground. 
put us inside him. We're inside him. He's stuck us all in the ground. We raise up with him as him and he goes to heaven. He's raised. And he's seated. That good knee. He's <laughs> seated, which means there's nothing more to do. He's at rest. Yeah? This is where we are. When the priest sits down, that means there's nothing to do. In the Old Testament, priests weren't allowed to sit down. Jesus is the first priest that could sit down. As the high priest, he's raised and sat down. And it's either, it's either you're either there or you're there. You're either completely righteous or completely wretched. And you've got to make, just make a decision. It's one or the other. But if you believe and your work is done, what is the work? What do we have to do to please God? What do we have to do to get to God? What do we have to do? The work that God requires of you is this. That's to believe in what He said. Do you believe? If you have done that once, at some stage in your life, then it's a trans- it's a, salvation is a man that comes with you. It's not a process. Even sanctification, it's not a process. It's a person. Jesus is your sanctification. So he's come to decide you. You are sanctified. Why did you see things? Because you believe wrong things. That's why. You don't believe you're there. So I believe you're here. You're wrong. You're here. You're, 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 this, this area is, is, no, is no one can go in this area. It's a chasm. It's, you know, it was, you're in, in Eden, perfectly perfect, complete access to God, got access to you, because we were one Adam, and then we went to knowing what's right and wrong. Because in Eden, they probably did some silly things. I probably, you know, punched a squirrel or something. And, but there's no rules. You know, there's no rules. They didn't do anything like, but then they knew what's wrong. As soon as you know what's wrong, you know what's evil, and then you try and not do evil. And instantly you're in your own works. And it's not from God. Instantly you're right down here. And you can't be with God at all. And then there's cherubim. You know, against Eden. The cherubim there, the flaming swords, protecting Eden. And you can't, you can't go back there. And, and you're here. There's no access whatsoever. And then, so Eden was heaven and earth together. Heaven and earth just one. No, just, just heaven and earth one thing, all together in Eden. And we got kicked out of Eden. And we became orphans for the first time. We don't have access to our Father. And so we have, we cannot, we're not compatible with God anymore. We're separate from God. And so anything in the Old Testament was someone did something spiritual, because the Holy Spirit came down and rested upon them for a task, and then left. Didn't dwell them. You cannot, it's, it's, it's a fallen, dirty thing. You cannot indwell this thing anymore. It's disqualified. Holy Spirit would come down, rest upon them, they'd kill some people, or <laughs> write some amazing songs, and then it would go again. Old Testament, Holy Spirit came upon them. But God wants to be with us. That's His ultimate desire. So he sent his presence to dwell amongst us in a box. Yeah, the ark. The, the, the ark of the covenant. You've all seen Indiana Jones. Okay? That thing, he dwelt inside it. And the God of the universe was in the box. Literally in the box. And he dwelt amongst us in that box. And what they did is, they put the box behind a curtain. With had cherubims on it. Same thing. Yeah? And you couldn't go in there. You went in there, dead. Nothing unrighteous. Could be in there. So now heaven and earth were in a room. God lived in the room. Heaven and earth came together in that room. And one man got there once a year if he fulfilled everything. If he didn't, dead. If he did, in and out. So that's how I leg, I rope through his legs, I could pull him out if he died. Because there's a good chance that he wasn't going to make it through. So heaven and earth is together in a room, 
for the Holy of Holies, and you're on the outside, and you hope that you hope that your high priest is going to go in there, and if your high priest is A1, if he is perfect according to the rules, you go in for God, and God will bless you for 12 months. If your high priest is perfect. If your high priest wasn't perfect, you're all in trouble. Yeah? And then, but God was better than that, he wanted heaven and earth to be together, so he sent himself to be inside Mary. And now heaven and earth is together inside Mary. Her womb was heaven and earth together. And Jesus is born, and he walks the earth, and heaven and earth together are walking the earth. Like this, that's why you bring heaven to earth. Oh, yeah, your hands with it? That's not heaven. Here's heaven. You know, you know how, how it comes. So Jesus walked together as heaven and earth together. And then when he died on the cross, what happened to this curtain? So written, the actual curtain ripped from top to bottom. That's impossible. You can't even rip from bottom to top. So it ripped from top to bottom. And now we have the earth together again. But it's you. Because now Jesus comes on the inside you. And now you're having the earth together. Whatever the Ark of the Covenant was, whatever the Holy of Holies was, whatever Jesus was, you are. That's what you are. You're Eden. But better, because Eden could fall, but you can't fall, because you're in Christ. Adam and Eve had their own righteousness, given from God, the man image of God, they had their own righteousness, and God gave them righteousness, right standing. They lost it, they had their own. We don't have our own righteousness anymore, we can't lose it, we've got Christ, we've got His righteousness. You cannot lose it. You cannot lose it. Adam and Eve could lose it, because it was their own righteousness. You can't lose it, because you don't have your own righteousness. You don't even have righteousness, you have Christ. And He is righteousness. Yes? Sorry, I did not ask Frank to answer this question. If you see Christianity as an evolution of consciousness, it's like an ever increasing awareness of who He is and who we are in Him. Yes? It's not a progression in our becoming perfect or becoming something, it's an increasing awareness of who we are. Yes. Yes. Okay, so. I get hung up sometimes when we think about saying we're born into sin. Are we born into sin? I mean, yes. it's been done. It's been done way back. I mean, time is a, is a weird thing. Yep. So why, I mean, why do you say we're born into sin? Are we not in Christ because of what He did? And it's just our level of awareness that thinks we're born into sin? Okay, that's an excellent question. When did Jesus pay for our sins? Before the foundation of the earth. The Lamb is slain before the foundation of the earth. In Hebrews it says, His work was done before, before the world began. Everything was already done. In Romans it says, He brought that righteousness to earth in this time. So it's already there, already provided for. And you can see it was already provided for. Because Enoch went to heaven. How can an unsaved person get to heaven? Enoch, gone. And David, David did lots of New Testament things that you weren't allowed to do. He did it through the finished work of the cross, the revelation of the finished work of the cross. As many people borrowed from the finished work of the cross before Jesus came. They had, I don't know how, good work for them. But <laughs> it says in Romans, it says that he brought, right, he brought it to earth in this time, but bring it into a body, okay, and then uh, dying in that body here, that brought it to earth. Every person in hell has their sins forgiven. That's the tragedy of the Lord. It's in the being paid for. But you access it by faith, by believing, by grace through faith. By faith through grace. You access it. 
every person in Alabama has their sins been paid for. We access it by faith. And because we're in time, that happens at a time. And then righteousness comes to earth for you at that time. Even though it's completely provided for in eternity. You experience it when you believe it. And anything else in Christianity that you want, you experience it when you believe it. Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who is bewitched you? How did, did you receive the Holy Spirit and perform miracles because you believed or because you behaved? It's because you believed. So why have you now gone to behavior to maintain your Christianity? It's only by belief. Everything's by belief. And you experience it when you believe it. So are you born into sin? Yes, you're the line of Adam. And Adam's line carries that sin. You need to die and be born again. That is the moment. You need to be born again from above. If you're born from the earth, as we all are born from the earth, it carries the sin, it carries the separation, it carries the curse. If you're, Jesus didn't carry that because he was born from above, from a completely free system, untouched, third realm, untouched by Adam's sin. He was born from there. And that's why he could walk as he did. And that's why he could be who he is. When you're born again, that's the exact same thing happens to you. In the same way Jesus was born, is the exact same way you're born again. The exact same. The Word of God came down, incorruptible, into Mary, and a new state of being was born. A person that's fully God, fully man, dwelling together as a person. Not two people, a person. Not Chris's spirit, Jesus' spirit, one person. So when I'm born again, the Word of God, who is Christ, comes, incorruptible, lives inside me, and I am born again from above. I'm a new creation. 1 Corinthians 5.17 The old is gone, the new has come. What exists now never existed before. Or a whole new world has opened up to you. You are a new creation. It says we no longer regard anyone after the flesh. He says, am I out of my mind to be talking like this? If I am, it's for God. <laughs> if I'm not, it's for you. Because this is what happens. You are born again from above. That is the moment. And you don't, and you get it all. Everything, you get Christ, so you get it all at that moment. The rest is just believing. The foolishness of preaching the gospel, what Paul said. The gospel is the power for salvation. The gospel only. Jesus I preached Christ crucified. That's big preaching. He was a wise guy. He could preach on everything. In fact, I think if you put his... Hebrews is one of probably the most really clever book, but switched on book. He doesn't put his name for it. That's my take on that situation. He only would preach Christ crucified, Christ crucified, Christ crucified. And that is the power for salvation. Everything else is just information. Some good information. The spiritual realm where we get all these rules about how to get to God and how to fix yourself up and how to clean yourself up. It's full of spiritual laws. There's so many spiritual laws in there. There's spiritual laws that Christians only like to know about. There are dudes out there that are changing the shape of their body into animals. Why are you doing more? There are dudes in the Bible that took a stick, threw it down, turned it into a snake. That's pretty, that's, that, you've got some pretty good second realm stuff going on there. <laughs> not, not that bad, baby. It's, it's got nothing to do with us whatsoever. We're third realm. That's just, that's just dirty nothing stuff. The good stuff, the bad stuff, 
That's not, that's not the gospel. The gospel isn't how to, oh, I need to learn how people turn into werewolves. I don't have to learn that. You know, to, to take them out or tackle others. There's so much. You can learn everything in that area. I'm just using that as, you know, get us attention. That's a pretty, like, that stuff happens. I talk to some Baptist ministries. They come back to, you know, traditional Baptist guys. And they come back, so I went to a Baptist church for a while. They come back and they say, Chris, we can't even talk about what happens over there. Because they're just discommunicators. You know, guys in their 70s and 80s. They're talking about zombies coming through their doors and, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. And, and, like, if we came back and told our church that, they would just cut us off. <laughs> There's all weird stuff going on. You know, they don't care. They're, they're, you can't touch me, man. The devil, the devil can't touch you. I mean, Jesus was like, oh, this, this, this you know, oh, witchcraft in this area. He, <laughs> he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't. He is born from above. So he's above anything on this earth. This earth can't touch him. He has overcome the world. The world is everything in the second realm. Everything created. He's overcome everything as us, as a human being. That's what it says. He grew in stature. It wasn't a baby that was God and just like... He, he grew as a human grew. He did everything that we are. He was everything he has, so he paid for everything that we are. That's what he understands. We're a high priest that understands us. He understands everything. And then what we do, we do what he did. If we're being given... Christ in us, and we're one spirit with God, and He's in us, and I'm in Him, and His Father and Dad, the Father and the Son has made His home with us, and the Holy Spirit's inside us, and we're inside them. We are exactly what they are. He's made a family. If a giraffe has a child, it's a giraffe. It's a giraffe family. He wants a family. We've got to be made exactly what He is. That divine spirit that He is, that's what we are. We are part of the Trinity. We have been completely rescued, born again, as a different being. The old is gone, the new has come. What you are never existed before. The gospel is amazing. And John, no one preaches from 1 John because the, the statements are too extreme. And you preach from there, you lose your church. <laughs> he says, while we are yet sons, everyone's finding this sonship. Sonship, you know, that's the ultimate thing you ever understand in the earth, that we are sons, one generation from God. He is actually our Father. Your father is not your father in that you're no longer a human. You are this thing that God is, that Jesus is, fully man, fully God. That's what you are. So your father is not your father. And the only way I can ever... Here's how unfortunate the tree of knowledge of good and evil is. Every learning, true, great sorrow comes. You do something good, something bad happens. You give all money to universal health care, money's going to come from somewhere else. It's, it's great, and it's bad. You know? The, the feminist movement, there's some terrible things that are happening to women in that stage. So here's their response. We're going to become everything that men says we can't be. And they lose, they lost so much. So much. They lost the gain and loss. The tree of knowledge of good and evil was one fruit. It's good, and it's evil. Cannot, there's no way out of it. It's like gravity. It goes up, it goes down. A spiritual law, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's, like, it's going to bite you somewhere. Unless it comes perfect to another realm, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from our Father. If you bring it from this realm, it's not going to be good and perfect. There's going to be a cost and a benefit. And, and, and the cost will be equal to benefit. <laughs> so what we have taken in feminism, which is great, but also lost, and the weight upon them, is, is not what they're designed to carry. 
but they're acting against a, a terrible system. So it's the right thing to do in this realm too. It was the right thing to do. <laughs> the, 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 in the 60s and the freedom of you know, expression and praise that comes through that, you have to break through these shackles. It's great. And we're not going to play our parents' way. We're going to do this. And what some of the stuff that parents are making do is terrible and confining them. But look what that's put in action. Every generation has become further and further from their parents, from their and it's, you know, our kids don't obey us. Yeah, no, that's you can obey yours. Like just, <laughs> it's just, it's just. There's no way out of it. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying. What point was I making? Anyone know? The true knowledge believe that that's how it works. So anything you do for that is filthy. Anything I do to impress God, to rectify something, unless it comes from heaven. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt me. It's gonna hurt others. And everyone can obey the tree of knowledge of good and evil, depending on their makeup as a human being. If you're a naturally strong person, with and came brought with two good parents, uh, your soul's fairly good in that regards. You can obey everything the pastor tells you to do because of your natural abilities and strength. Someone that didn't have that situation, was moved from house to house, and was abused, cannot. It's, who's more righteous? And you're both the same. You're either lost, or you're saved. But we work for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The trouble is, if I'm a strong guy, and if I can do this, and I'm obeying the, the good, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, I'm hurting someone. Hurt my wife, I'm hurting my kids. It's going to come out somewhere. It's like gravity. You cannot escape it. It is good and it's evil. It's the law. To know what's right and wrong is to know the law. And to know the law is to disqualify yourself. So I actually despise myself. Because I know I'm doing wrong. But I'm keeping the standard because I'm strong. And I happen to be stronger than my wife. And my wife is suffering. Because she can't maintain this. And she looks at me. And she doesn't know what's going wrong because I'm doing everything right. <laughs> so I'm preaching the law, even from a good heart, I'm still preaching the law by my performance. And she can't maintain that, and she goes into self-condemnation. Or, we're just together, the kids can't maintain it. And then you lose your kids. Because it's got to come out somewhere. Because <coughs> it's, not, it's not love. Law and love don't go together. Rebellion and religion are the same thing. From the not, they are both from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you know what's right, you do it. Religion. If you know what's right and you don't do it, rebellion. It's the evil fruit and the good fruit from the same thing. So, is God impressed with the teenager? that has said, forget you mum and dad, I'm going to go smoke dope and be a band groupie and do drugs uh, and sell drugs. No, because I'm impressed with that person. Is God impressed with the other child, that family, that's come to church, that's doing the right thing, that's not sleeping around, uh, is reading the Bible and, uh, and protesting the abortion clinic? No, he's not impressed with that person at all. 
And, and not drinking. <laughs> it's horrified with that, and it's horrified with that. And what he wants to do, he wants to rescue them both. Rebellion and religion are the same thing. The world celebrates rebellion, the church celebrates religion. They're both as horrendously wrong as the other. They're both horrendous. You need to be rescued, you need to be saved, you need to be born again. You need to become born from above, born to a different kingdom. We're not of this world, we're aliens, we're from somewhere else. <laughs> a place of pure love. That's where we're from, and that's where we belong, in that love. Rebellion and religion, the same thing. You know what's worse? Religion. Because mm. everyone condones you. And no one says what you're doing is wrong. If I preach the law, if I say to you, don't sin, and you go and sin, and I'm your preacher, I look good, you're bad. Hey, I, I told you not to. The law stirs up sin. That, that is a law. It's like gravity. So if I tell you, don't sin, I've just guaranteed you're going to sin. Guaranteed. Maybe not in the area that I've told you, it's going to come out somewhere. You cannot do it. We cannot do it. We cannot do it. We need someone to do it for us. We need to be saved. Don't sin, you're going to sin. I look great. If I say, this is how we're going to live at this church. This, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I'm doing it because I've got this natural strength and I can do it. I'm crushing everyone. I'm just guaranteed they can't do it. You watch my life, it's going to come down. Every preacher that's <laughs> done that. Preachers, they, before they fall, they end up raging against the very sin they're falling to. My friend... Um, just uh, ran off with my another guy's wife, and he was uh, quite a well-known preacher from a large church. He listened to his last sermons. <laughs> he is correcting and, and da -da 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 -da. yeah. And we all know I'm not treading any toes here, but <laughs> you know the very sin that famous people fall to, the very sin they preach against. Jimmy Swaggart was raging against um, um, yeah, sexual adultery and stuff. <laughs> you guarantee it. You absolutely guarantee it. You've got to leave that system altogether. you just got to curtain drift. You're one with Christ. You're here. And this is who you are. You're everything Christ is. You're nothing that is not. And then what you do is you agree with Him. Which means you forgive yourself for everything. That's to give yourself the gift you don't deserve. It's a gift. Everything else is an exchange. Exchanges are horrendous. The sacrifice of praise in that comes from him. So you can't just return the gift. It's like, you are everything is, you're nothing that is not. So, um, has Christ kissed and slept with too many partners to deserve a good partner? No then neither have you. Yeah? Has Christ um, failed too many times, gossiped too much, and um, failed at his first marriage? No. Neither have you. You haven't. You haven't. Has Christ seduced uh, people into sin? No, neither of you. 
Christ is the plumb line. Andrew comes to you, does it apply to Christ? Yes? Then it applies to me. Christ as he is now. Does it apply to Christ? No, that doesn't apply to me. Because you're either here or you're there. And that's the two things you've got to settle. Died, risen again, I'm here. And you've got to settle. And that, that's the quickest way to transform your mind, that I am Christ. Died with him, rose as him. I am as he, as he is now, so am I on this earth. That's why in John it says, if you're those who claim to know him, you, you do, not, do not sin. <laughs> if your Christianity is here, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no one preaches that. But you know, you still you see the Father doing. Is the Father sinning today? No, he's not. So that's, that's what you're doing. It's, it's innocence. And there's no, the laws are gone. You know, um, no law, no transgression. You just love. You completely saved. And Romans 4 says, Blessed is the man whose sins are never counted against him. Your sins will never be counted against you. You just have to surrender that fact. When, when the, the whole new covenant was... Um, uh, Jeremiah brings the term... We say new covenant. Jeremiah invented that term by the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he invented that term, the new covenant. And in Jeremiah 31 31 onwards, he says... Here is the new covenant. Your sins will be remembered no more. So we're in the new covenant. That's what it is. He defined it. Your sins are remembered no more. He says, no one needs to teach you. No God for yourself. That's the new covenant. That's what it is. Don't think it's anything else. That's what he, that, this new covenant, he defined it. Hebrews, think Hebrews 8 quotes it. It's the largest Old Testament slab quoted in the New Testament. Which is, your sins are remembered no more. Romans 4 says, blessed in a man... Your sins are never counted against you. Your sins are never counted against you. Ever. If I break the American law, I'll get an American law result. But it doesn't change. If I rob a bank, I'll get the results. What happens when somebody robs a bank in this country? Okay? But my sins will never be counted against me. The blessing of the Lord will come upon me. His presence, which is what we live for, His very presence will never leave me. Ever, ever, ever. Here's the offensive thing. A king is a king is a king. If I'm a king, I'm an awesome king, and everyone loves me. If you write for the people, I say, go to war. Everyone goes to war. I'm a terrible king. I cheat my wife. And I've got many mistresses. And I abuse the taxes. And abuse the people. I say, go to war. Everyone goes to war. I'm a king. It's a settle. I'm a king. If I'm a king, I get drunk. I fall out of the brothel. And I say, arrest that man. He gets arrested. I'm a king. It's got nothing to do with my morality whatsoever. Nothing to do with my morality. You're a king. He's the king of kings. You're a king. You could, I don't know, you could, <laughs> pull out a brothel, drunk, crazy, kill someone. Because your righteousness is apart from your work. And that is the essential thing that You are righteous apart from your works. Why do you do what you do? Because you're born in sin. You remember that with dust and you've got wrong thinking and that's, this love hasn't rescued you in that. You haven't spread love in that area. That, and that is, the, and God knows that. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. If you're still a Christian, you can, you can gossip, undermine someone's ministry, seduce someone, and then see someone, oh, I'm going to do it. You're a king. It doesn't do your, your, your works. But in that freedom, is you can become we need to be. If there was a, a smackdown coming, then you just fear. 
and fear has to do with punishment. But love casts out all fear. If you fear something, there's no freedom to love. You resent what you fear. You resent it. And you, like in the, in the bad term, fear. Not fear God, but in the bad term. You fear something's coming. You can't receive love. You always you, you're doing it. Some pastors of large churches live very moral lives, not because they love God, but the fear of what will happen if, they, if something goes wrong. It's going to cost them dearly. It's not love. It's just fear. Fear is what keeps them there. Not the love of God. Yeah? So, um, I've spoken for a while. I've spoken for 52 minutes, only 50 minutes. So, um, is there any, any questions? We can just keep going on. Then you start hitting areas of your life and stuff like that. Yeah? Are we all in Christ? Just some of us don't know it. Yeah. Why don't you accept Christ or in Christ? Now, is everyone in Christ? Just some people don't know it? Uh, no. You only become part of Christ by faith. So, it's, it's a person's belief. Yes. Yeah. Saying, but that's almost like saying it's a person's belief. Yeah, you, you do. Even the belief comes by grace. There's, there's, there's Calvinists, there's Arminians, and they argue about this all the time. How do you get saved? Who's saved? And you know, you have to know that you're saved. You've got one job is to surrender that you are Christ, and that's the best thing you can do. All these other arguments, you go down them for years and years and years, and believe one completely, have an experience and flip and believe the other one. There's no advantage in it. But um, you know that you're saved. That's what you need to know. People say, is, people ask me, do you believe in one saved or saved? I go, yes, I am. <laughs> you? Don't know. <laughs> but what do you need to know? Are you planning to see how far this way you can go? Like, you know? Just know that you're Christ. All I want to know is you're Christ. You know, uh, how, about, how about my gay friends will get married? What do you think about that? What's their names? Bill and Bob. Okay? You know, Mom and Bill? I want to know Christ. I want to become Christ. If I say, Bill, don't sleep with men, give him a law, he's going to die. Protesting does nothing. It's, it's, it's right versus wrong. It's good versus evil. Rather than praying for them, changing the spiritual dynamic, loving them, they need the love of Christ. They wake up in the morning and go, I am going to destroy my life today and be an outsider the rest of my life and not really know great love. They didn't do that. I didn't, that wasn't there. That's what I'm going to do with my life. As a little kid, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a, I am going to have a horrendous, difficult life my whole life because I've chosen to be a homosexual. That's, I didn't think that's what I'm going to do. Something happened. Is it generational? Is it in the DNA? Or the boy, it does, Christ doesn't care. You don't care. Christ is the answer. That person needs to know Christ. They need to stop getting another. They just need to know Jesus Christ. They need to become one with Him. And from there, everything that they need will change. You have to believe the gospel will have its effect. Yes? I just want to hear your thoughts on, um, I was just thinking about like transvocation and people have an angelic visitation. And you know how you said, you just believe. But then I thought about Philip in the Bible. I'm thinking that he wasn't thinking, oh God, I want to be translocated to where the eunuch was. Or even the people that had angelic visitation, did they just say, well, I just want to believe. Because you hear people think, talking about it, and I yeah. know I can't make it happen. Yeah. So, does it just fall <laughs> into the sovereignty of God? Or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm not trying Look, to figure if, out... If you work out how to make it happen, write a book, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time uh, a new teaching comes out, when God was today, people don't actually know what that teaching meant. When, when Luther said we're saved by faith, he didn't know what 
the end result was. Yeah? And when uh, Azusa Street happened, the Holy Spirit fell, they didn't know what the end result that was going to be. They had no idea what's going to be. Grace Gospel came out. Like, I knew Rob from who he was before, and he's learning this Grace Gospel, and he's thinking, we're going mad to tell my people, take all the laws off to my people. Is that, are they going to go crazy into sin? He saw that's, just, that's what the Gospel was. And that's what Paul did. Everyone accused Paul of doing that. That's how crazy, how untouched grace was. No, no, there's no rules. Except that now you have the, the, the law written in your heart. and you, that's, your, that's your nature. You either muzzle the dog, you take the muzzle off, so the muzzle's gone. You know, kids at home, home, home. Which of the party universities? Yep, yeah, the Bible Belt ones. They're the Nordish universities. Yeah. Because they might, you muzzle the dog as a kid in your parents' home, muzzle off the dog's nature coming. You need to change the, the heart. Yeah. Um, so a new teaching come out. We don't know where this is going. We've got some ideas. We don't really know where, where it's going. Um, but can, is that stuff available to you? Yes. Because everything in the Bible is yours. Everything in here is yours. There's no such thing as the anointed person, the special person. It's yours. It belongs to you. God wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. You ask, He wants you to have it. The good thing is, you learn realm through laws, and you can learn how to heal, or how to get rich, quicker than your character can hold. And we've seen that, haven't we? Many people have got some amazing ministries, bigger than their character can hold. You get from the third realm, it comes from your father, that's father filtered, and I want $10 million. So he want, that's my desire. Like I want to be a rich person so I can give. That, maybe that is my godly desire. That's, you know, and, and God says, alright, I'm going to give that to you. But Chris, you've got some orphan issues. And this money is going to destroy you at the moment. Because all money does is allow you to do what's in your heart. <laughs> you've got some issues in your heart. I'm going to deal with this first, then you get your $10 million. So everything that comes from heaven is good. I want to trans-relocate. I want to see angels. I want to do all these things. Thank you, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, getting principles from scripture is good. Like, the only principle Philip did is he left. That's, that's, <laughs> but he left revival. That's what he did. Revival's happening in this area, and God says, Go to this place and nothing's happening. So off he went. Yeah. He went and saw the person, and then, and then he uh, translocated afterwards. Um, and, and that was like something God had, you know, well done, son. You, you left the most exciting place on earth to go meet one person. Well done, and then, and then amazing things happen to him. But I wouldn't make a principle out of that because they're a relationship. You know? Principles are good, but they fail you in the end to come to work. Because I'm a, I'm a businessman, I don't really understand God, I've been to church for, for, for 20 years, my wife loves going to church, I know it's true. I just go with her, and I don't really get the worship, I don't get anything. I respect that man up there, but I can't relate, it's a bit soft. You know? Um, and don't trust a man that doesn't swear, he doesn't drink, that type of thing. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and then one day, some guy comes in, he talks on tithing, okay? The spiritual law of tithing. And it will work. You can maintain it. It will work. And it will, he speaks on tithing, and I think, I understand money. I'm going to give this a shot. My business is going down the tube. I'm owed hundreds of thousands of dollars, and a new contract just fell through. <coughs> So, I do. I've never tithed before. I am going to tithe. I give God 10% of my money. Never done before. And bang, spiritual law undoes these spiritual laws. And the $100,000 debt is written off. And the, oh, the contract 
actually gets renewed. The person in other company fails and they come back to me, sorry, we'll do it in better terms. I'm like, oh, the God of the universe knows me. And Christianity works. And I go, and next time I see the words and I think, that's true, that's the God. He actually does look after his children. I, I know that. Like, I, I just experienced it in a way that I understand in my love language, things I understand. He's talked to me. And I actually just, you know, I'm a tithe forever now. And you just, you know, four years go past, you tithe, you tithe, you tithe. And, you know, when you first, when it first happens, thank you, Father. Thank you. You do see me. You have seen me. And you see, the only thing I really care about is my business. And you've seen my business. I can't believe you even care about my business. You know, I started it without you. And you still care about it. That's the most amazing thing. Anyway, four years go past. You're still tithing. And things that go down the hill. And then there's a, a lawsuit against you, and um, the economy's falling out, and you've overextended the loan, and you go, what's going on? I can't I'm tithing, I'm tithing. You go, you keep tithing, and keep tithing, and nothing changes, and finally you get angry, and you go, God, I'm using your principles. I am tithing. What's happening? And God goes, oh, you're talking to me again. <laughs> Everything's through relationship. Principles will always fail you. They'll always fail you. But relationship won't. And so it's going to change. What's the principle for transmutation? You know, there is one, but you know, knowing the Father, Father perfect is, is, is the way to go. And, and if you want it, that's the story of your heart. You know, ask anything that you desire, you believe, then you have it. So if you desire it, you've already got it, and it's coming, but he's going to Father filter it first. Yeah? And, um, you know, there's stuff out there too. You translocate you. You know, there's like things you. You know, there's just there's just stuff we don't know. And that's just gonna protect you. It's not gonna make you tougher and stronger. It's gonna make you more in love. Jeremy, who um, played the music yesterday, he told me this great story of uh, Salem, America, which probably is the capital of witchcraft in America. Okay, they probably they actually play it play it Um <laughs> The head witch there, you'd actually talk to the demons, Prince Valleys, you know, they don't show them by name, have a copy of that top thing, all the demons, they, you know, meet the spirit, they have a chat, and every time a new pastor comes in, alright, let's smash them, let's take out their kids, let's take out their wife, let's give them disease, let's, let's find out their weakness, let's hammer them. And all realm two people, pastors, and a high realm two persons come down, and authority works, you don't get that much higher, and you win. Down it comes, and the smashing churches left, right, and centre. As a new pastor comes in, so he goes, right, the witch goes to see the witchcraft, to see the demon of the area, and says, oh, what do we do? And he goes, we can't touch this one. He goes, what do you mean we can't touch this one? He goes, it plays by different rules. Which rules? What do you mean different rules? There's no one we can't beat. He goes, no, we can't beat this one. He plays by love. And love's the third realm. So the devil is the second realm beat. He, can he can't go any higher than, than faith and the soul and all those things like that and principles. As soon as you're in love, you beat him. Yeah? You're going to relocate, you're probably going to meet some things out there. God wants you to know love. He goes, I want to give it to you. So what we're going to do is let you know love. And once you know love, it doesn't matter. You're then your childlike. You know, just, there's these Korean kids and, you know, and, and Chinese kids from um, uh, Holly Baker's, Roland Baker's grandfather. You know, they're just kids, so they know their love, and they're going up to heaven, and in the spiritual, they're just destroying things, tearing things up, and they're seeing scary, and there's Korean, they're these Korean kids, they were there, and these evil things, they went, oh, they just charged it, and, you know, they saw this monster, and they described it as disgusting, no, they just ripped this thing up, because they know they're loved. Don't you love? That's the, 
<laughs> you know, does God really back me? Does He love me? You know, He die for me? That type of thing. That's what you're asking. You sell the love issue, you get everything. So this is a lot, this last thing I'll say. So this 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 how this is a really good way to say. It. Some people have heard me say this. This is how God explained it to me. Either uh, if you heard me preaching the three realms. There's the physical realm, like this type of stuff. There's invisible realm, realm two, which is all angels and demons and sowing and reaping in the spirit and blessing and cursing and not forgiving and forgiving and binding and loosing, all those rules, generational curses, uh, all the curses of the Lord, Jeremy, they all operate in that area. If you put yourself under that, you will get that. And, and then there's the eternity of heaven, which works by the Father with love. It's just love, it's just love. And you're a covenant and you see things freely by covenant. Everything mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Okay, I'll take all that. And you can have everything which is mine. Just give that back to me, alright? Um, that's there. So, bottom one, hope, faith, love. If you are just a completely physical Christian, work by the physical realm, like many traditional Christians, don't even believe in angels and demons or miracles anymore, and a miracle happens, it comes above you, like, what was that? Or a demon manifests, like, oh my goodness, what was that? You will operate by faith. Oh, I hope. And every prayer is a hope. Maybe God's going to answer this prayer. You throw it up. You know, I need some money. Maybe this God of mercy will rend the heavens and come down and maybe find me qualified in some way to receive a gift from, from heaven, you know? And then you learn about faith in the second realm. And the more faith you have, hope will follow as high as your faith will because it sanctifies down. Your faith's really high, your hope's high. Your faith is low, your hope, hope is low. And then... Uh, and you can work out to the top of the faith realm, really smart. You've lots of books, have really good teaching, access to lots of things. Uh, your life's going well, you know. Uh, the economy hasn't fallen, and your wife is stuck with you, and all these all these other circumstances that allow your soul to stay strong. You can probably really start cleaning up, but it only lasts so long. No one's cleaned up for. No, we've never seen a minister go through his whole life, have we? You know, not, there's very few ministers that have gone right the way through. Though no, you should, you should just keep increasing, increasing, but they haven't. So. You know, so your, faith, your hope will go as high as your faith. But as soon as you know you're loved, your faith is instantly up there. Here faith achieves, love receives. So now your faith is just receiving faith. I'm just loved. It just, it just, it just comes. If you're a first-round Christian, you need, am I, you've got a debt, or you've got, let's say you've got a sore elbow. Let's say you've got a sore elbow. You're down here, you say, oh Lord, send me something. Either send me you, or send me the anointed man from realm two. And he, sent, and he comes, and he goes, your sore elbow, bang, here's the elbow, fixed. That's a donut. You eat it, gone. The elbow's fixed. Then when your knee goes, Oh Lord, you're sending another donut. Send me a donut. Like send me either the anointed man or God Himself is going to come. Some a higher realm is going to come down and give you a ruling, and, and then your knee's fixed. And then you start, and then you see someone else got a sore hot shoulder. I hope that God comes to you as well. He came to me. Hey, you just need to believe. You know, I, I really pray. You know, perhaps that's what you need to do. I, I was, I was tithing. I went to church. You know, perhaps. Yeah, that's what you need to do. So to get this, you need you need the donut. You eat the donut, it's gone. If you go to the second realm and find the laws, like for healing, you get the recipe. I learn the laws of healing. This is how healing works. This is why your knee is sore. This is why you got liver cancer. This is what you learn. No one to learn. There's books this thick on the roots of every single uh, sickness, and they're probably all true. 
And if you've got that book, and you can read English, and you've got the time, you know, but if you're a bush on the Kalahari, it's not going to help you at all. But <laughs> you, learn, you learn these things, you've got the recipe. And you have the recipe for healing. And I'm a healer, and I'm a healer, and I'm a healer. But my finances go, and my wife leaves me. Because I've only got healing. It's taken me 20 years to master healing, and I've done it. And you might help, but the devil's just, because I'm in his realm, and he's the prince of the air. You know? So I'm, I'm dealing in, in, in his, his domain. You're going to be the best, and you're going to get smashed. Yeah? And many people have cried. How many people have tried? read the book? Oh, that's exciting, I'm off. And like, oh. you know, how many times you read the book? That is so exciting, because one guy, you could fast for 40 days, and then he just cleaned up, you know, because fasting shuts all this down, shuts it, and it really, it really helps you in, in that realm, you know, it really, really clears some things up. And it's, but uh, how long can, it's not maintainable. Fasting, you know, it's just not maintainable. So, um, <laughs> so you, you got you got you got a recipe, not the donut. You got you can produce it anytime. My knee goes, I can fix it up. My elbow goes, I can fix it up. I know how it's done. But I can't do look after my kids. But I can't look after my wife, and I haven't forgiven my dad. And my finances are going down the creek, you know. And I'm um, healing, but deliverance, like demons, is freaking. You know, like I haven't got that recipe. I spent 20 years getting this one. If you go to love, you get Jesus, so you get the bakery. Jesus is the bakery and the baker. You get it all. Every donut that you need for every... You need the pig icing for your knee and the jam food for your elbow and you need the, the dusted one for your finances, whatever. He does it all. And every recipe you get, that's in him. He's the baker and the bakery. You get it all. In love, you got it all. Hope... Maybe get a donut. Faith, more recipes you know. The better you understand the recipe, the higher your faith goes. I can bring this in myself. God, show me how. I'm a good boy here. I know, I know it's right and wrong. I know it's good and evil. I'm using the law. It's going to stir up sin. If you start doing it, you go under pride. If you fail, you go under condemnation. It's just, it's just, it's good and it's evil. There's no way out. You get the love, which is Christ Himself. You get everything, and your hope and your faith has risen to that heaven. So your hope is assured. And your faith is a rest. Yeah? Here faith is a work. Here faith is a rest because it's Christ Himself. So everything is a surrender to the fact that you died and rose as Him. That's, that is the gospel. That's what He did for you. That, that's it. And you surrender to that. You know? Lay your head sick and shall recover or 19 hours. Learn every single recipe or learn that you are as He is now on this earth. Yeah. Okay, last one. This is it? Yeah. Um. Okay, so you were talking about last night that we can receive the benefits coming down at round two and round one, yeah. just not going up. Yeah. So like the benefits of sewing and reaching and tithing, not that we do it yep. for that reason, but we would do it out of the overflow. Yes. Of a blood relationship. Yes. Um, or we can still use medicine because yes. that's part of round one. Yep. But we're not depending on the medicine. Is that yep. what you're saying? Yep. Uh, so, going, religion's going up, relationship is going down, because God just comes down. So you're God now, like you're one with Him, so you, you know, just care for this, let's start a cult here, but you are, because you are one with the Holy Spirit, you have His nature, so you do what He does, and He prays down, He brings heaven to earth. Oh Father, how be your name, as in heaven be on earth, and you bring heaven to earth, it comes down. Yeah, okay, something new is going to come into this realm for miracles to happen, otherwise... 
So down is good, up is bad. If I am fasting to become more holy, to get rid of the sin that besets me and all these things to get up to God, it is a pure work and it's disgusting. And you know what you are? You're the older brother working in the field. You'll fast and fast and fast and you're looking at yourself and you'll disqualify yourself for anything. And then you get angry at God and say, God, I fast and you can give me so much as a goat, my friends. And God will say, He'll come to you and plead with you and say, You'll always be in the house and everything I have was always yours. Going up will always exhaust you. Always exhaust you. You cannot maintain No one's be able to do it. But every religion is, every religion is this. It doesn't matter who it is. Man knows that they're disqualified for God. We know it. And we know what pleases him instinctively. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We know what's good. We know what's evil. We know the law. Everyone has the law. Everyone's laws are pretty much the same. Every religion's laws are the same. We go, up, up. Even Christian religion is the same as any other religion. Up, 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 up. It's an absolute offense. You're saying, Jesus, you died for nothing. Your cross did not do it. You didn't take me from there to there. You took me from here to here. And now I need to make the rest myself. That's, that's what you're saying. Okay? You're saying, I'm not part of you. I'm actually still separate from you. I'm just want to get there. But once you're in heaven, everything is yours. Is God allowed to use gravity for his purposes? Yes, he is, so am I. Is God allowed to use vegetables for his purposes? Yes, he is, so am I. Is God allowed to use sign ripping for his purposes? And yes, he is, so am I. By that sign reap that maybe God, you know, throw me a bone here, like I'm sign and reaping, just maybe something will come down, or I'm getting high, or if I sign reap, I'll open the heavens. I'm in heaven. And everything has his mind. Now, whatever system makes sense to me, I'm allowed to use that. I'm just allowed to use that. So, I'm so rooted to set some spiritual things in that. I'm up in heaven, and I want to bring some stuff down. So, only reason we do it. All my riches in heaven. Not my money that I've earned, but everything God's given me has, has come from Him. And that, that money, I'm giving away. So, everything's by grace that no man can boast. It's actually everything's humbling. If you sign read from here and you, and you win, it doesn't humble you. You make sure, you know, I'm a legend. But from up here, you, you give what God's already given you as a son, from his glorious riches provide, already provided for in Christ. You give those down. It says some things in motion. And it's the law. By gravity's law, it's a law, and it will manifest in, in, in physical stuff. So you, and so you're allowed to use that. And entirely is what you want to use. From the fact that you've got everything in Christ, then you can, you can use tithing. But tithing, once you know everything you've got, tithing is like laughable. It's like this. We, we all get taught to say grace. We're in the Bible Belt. You all grow up saying, saying grace. Okay? And we don't say grace before the meal. Something's not right. You know? It's just, it does me wrong. I haven't pleased God. Something is not right in this circumstance. I haven't said grace. And you, and you feel like something wrong's going to happen. You know? And then you find out that God blesses you. He doesn't care what you do. He just wants to know that you're loved. He didn't ever have to say grace. You're like, that's it. We're never saying grace again. And you go, and you eat the meal, and I'm not saying grace, and I'm eating. You know, like, and you, you love it. And you're like, as a principle, I'm not going to say grace on principle. You know, we, hey, we don't say grace at the house. We're free from it, you know. And, and then you're doing that. And what happens? After a while, we actually become grateful for your food. This is off the tape. No, I I was really good, and I I, I didn't just tithe. I tithe. There's all there's five things given in scripture. So I tithe. I gave to apostles. I gave alms to the poor. I whatever the other one was, and generous giving. There's five things that you go to the New Testament and find out what they did. 
I did it all. Separate envelopes, and each one was, had its own verse, and each one had its own promise. I did that, 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 okay. And a lot of good things kicked in. Good, 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 good. And then I lost it all. <laughs> okay, did I set my will in motion? I set no one in motion. It's coming around. It what goes up must come down. It's a law. It, just, it works. Okay. And then, so, all that money I gave, was it me? It means nothing. God didn't perform his word. I was angry with him. Um, I'm not giving to God anymore. I just stopped giving. I'm, I'm over it. I didn't tithe for about five years. In that five years, the amount of money in worth and goods and services that poured through my life would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars um, beyond anything I was actually earning. I stopped giving. I stopped giving. Come on, giving is an exchange. You know? And that's offensive. That means Christ didn't do it all. So God's like, if I give to you, Chris, it's going to just condone what you're doing. So, so <laughs> and then I got angry with God, but your attitude doesn't matter. Forget you, God. I'm over this. You're not getting any money. And finally, ah, oh, yes, I can give to you. And, he's going to be, and his kindness led me to repentance. And now, you know, I, everything's God. So I just give. I can't outgive him. He's got in gross money, like if God was into that, he's got a lot more than 10%. If we add up all my money from, from here to there, he's got a lot more than 10%. I just, it's just, it's irrelevant. It's just, it's the same thing, like, it's, it's like the grace and that. So now I say, oh, now I'm actually thankful for my food. I don't have to say it more, but it's say grace. I actually want, I'm actually thankful for this food. And same thing. I had to leave it, get detoxed, and his kindness led me to repentance. But why I'm doing something to get something, do good to get good, which is the law, do bad, get bad, do good, get good, say the grace, tithe, his hands are tied to using the old system. You put yourself in that system. I'm actually in heaven, but I'm applying to the second court. I've gone there. I'm an American, I've gone to the Iranian court for a ruling. It's my, my fault. I've, I've chosen to go there. I don't belong there. What am I even doing there? It's, it's illegal to use that. Jesus completed the law. He completed it. The written law that, that condemns us, that stands against us. That's what you're going to. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, the law that condemns me stands against me and please God. The very thing he had his body ripped open to take away. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to please him. <laughs> you know? It's, when you think about it, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, but we do it. And, and, and we all do it. You need... Someone's off you a house, you need 120 grand cash to make up the shortfall, it's in two weeks' time, this is, this is your dream house, and you need $120,000 from God. What's the first thing you do? Self-audit. Have I given? Am I close to God at the moment? Let's <laughs> think, good and evil. No, God give you $120,000 if it's good for you as a father, because of Christ. Oh, good, God give me $120,000 because of Christ. Oh, God heal you because of Christ. Why are you going to heaven? Because of Christ. Why are you going to walk in the riches in heaven? Because of Christ. Oh, God, give me a good marriage because of Christ. What about, what about this? Because of Christ. So the person that stayed in church and done everything right and the person that's kind of slipped around have the same chance because of Christ. And that's how offensive. The half hour and the nine hour person both get an amazing award. Just break under it. <laughs> and that is the goodness that leads to repentance. Kindness leads to repentance. Kindness leads you to change. And only that freedom will you change because everything else is done by fear and it will get you in the end. Yeah? Amen. All right, very good. It's taken a long time. So, we'll pray.
no religion, because we're happy. (laughs) Father, your gospel is is insultingly good. It's beyond anything we could ask or imagine. And we surrender to your goodness. And we desire it. There's many things in our hearts we desire. I just speak now for those hearts' desires. We're allowed to tell you about them. And we say, Father, that's what I want for my life. I hand it to you. What you hand back is mine to keep forever. And be Father filtered. And all these things that we want. The fullness of walking like you on this earth. And being in that love. That now we're completely loved. That you so love me. That you look at me and say, I've healed the sick. I've raised the dead. I've defended women's rights. I've looked after children. I've been a being unto death. I've forgiven those people that hurt me. And I've cooked them breakfast on the beach. And, and you just love me. Like, you're so pleased with me. You delight and dance and talk because I am Christ the one. Father, I surrender to that. May everything change us, Lord. Give, give the gift of faith, the right, everything. Everything comes to you. Just, just give it to me, Lord, and change me. And I'm just going to let you do that. This is your idea. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> and then, thank you, you listened very well. Uh, I hope my accent was okay, that you could understand what I said. Yeah, good, thank you, good, excellent.